0: Welcome to today's broadcast of Tap to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you, as always, I am your ever-so-humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, Committee, live from historic Rome County, Tennessee, and happy to have with me today my friend, my fellow patriot, the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook, the host of the Run Edwards American Experience. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back once again. Great great American all around, Mr. Ron Edwards. Ron, Merry Christmas, and how are you tonight?
1: Oh, great, 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 great. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and your audience, and uh, everything is a wonderful, wonderful. All
0: right. Now, obviously, there's a lot to talk about that transpired today, and uh, several things happened since we last spoke back on Sunday. Uh Uh-huh. But... Before we get into some of the heavier policy-ridden shenanigans in D.C., uh, I wanted to touch base with a, a, a seasonal story. I'm sure by now you've probably heard about Kirk Cameron, a uh, well-known actor from Growing Pains, used to be Mike Sieber in American Households uh, on the ABC's uh, must-see comedy blocks back in the day. Uh, he's become a person of very strong faith and yeah. he's been involved with a lot of faith-based uh, projects out in hollywood he's been kind of shunned by the majority of the leftist uh, hollywood elites but he's recently been involved with uh, a christmas caroling protest uh, they've been going out caroling, uh, doing the usual Christmas uh, uh, religious type. Here we are singing these uh, great religious Christian uh, Christmas hymns. I sound like I'm being very redundant here. Uh, And they're calling it protests. And so far, They continue to do this in violation of the COVID-19 orders, which, Ron, you know as well as I do, that COVID's the smartest biological weapon that's ever been derived because it doesn't attack bars before 9 o'clock, only after 9 o'clock. It doesn't show up uh, at Black Lives Matter protests or Antifa riots only when conservatives are trying to stand up for the Constitution, uh I, I think given that rule, isn't Kirk Cameron in great danger with all these people? Because that's the kind of thing COVID comes after, right? <laughs>
1: I would love to get your thoughts. Oh, heavens to Murgatroyd. Uh, here we have another situation. I, you know, the, the the left, they're just testing two things. They're testing our patience, and they're testing to see how far they can push. <clears throat> this style of uh, governance, if that's what you want to call it, Has been in place since the inception of the seatbelt laws in the 1960s, which was spawned out of the state of Ohio. It's just one thing after another, and this is just a long line, part of a long line uh, of successions of um, a succession rather of these types of events. I mean, now it's just totally ridiculous. They're really testing to see how stupid we are and how much we'll take. The reason why I say that, sir, is because this relates to the story. In Denmark, they had a huge clampdown. You can't do anything, go anywhere. You can't even go outside and pass gas. I mean, there's nothing you can do. Well, the people in Denmark said, you know what? We've had enough. We're done. Done, done, done. They got out in the streets. In mass, and they protested. They also used pots and pans, and they just and just made this huge noise in the streets. You can look this up. Boom, 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 boom! This clattering, this clamoring, millions and millions of people, just clattering, making this huge clattering noise. Government relented. They said, "Oh, we we back off," because they were just going to nutsville as far as their uh, restrictions. And um, but it was a test case, and if we the people do the same thing here in this country, they'll back off. But it's a test case to see how much we will take, and the 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 more we take, the more they're going to do. And it, it it's that simple. It's not easy, but it's that simple. No, oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah, you know, I, I love those folks, by the way, because this isn't the first time they protested like that. Yeah. Uh, that's usually their last uh, signal that uh, if you don't pay attention now, uh, it's going to go from being noisy to messy, and uh, <laughs> you know it's, it's a pretty serious message. And one, I might add, that it would serve uh, a several currently uh, elected officials uh, a very very poignant message for them to receive because sure. I, I don't know if they're paying that much attention just yet but we saw what happened uh in uh, oregon where they were uh storming the capitol building early this week and uh you know it, it's multiple people have showed up in multiple locations the town hall meetings that uh various locations and and the warning is being made clear there are a lot of people that are past their breaking point and uh the 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 message is clear it's not going to stay peaceful for much longer if they don't get their act together um i think a certain somebody by the name of ron edwards has been making that point for some time Uh, and uh you know i've been kind of warning and sounding the alarm of. That being a possibility, uh, and you've been telling folks be ready because we've got some hard-headed leftists in in places. These hard-headed folks, they don't take the message easily, might take a little convincing. Um, I I just – I, I hate to think that way and talk that way around Christmas, Ron. I'm really trying to to wrap myself up in the spirit of the holiday, but the situation on the ground is still not uh, just—it's not sunshine and rainbows. It's uh, <laughs> patriots and um, it's patriots and tyrants that's uh, on the streets of America right now.
1: And that's okay because the patriots are going to win, <laughs> absolutely. So you know, there's a time for war. There's a time for peace there's a time for prayer and there's a time for action right now where it's it's a time for both prayer and action and we've got to take that action because the longer we wait to take action the more difficult it will be when we decide to take action and so uh it is what it is uh speaking of taking action uh on january 6th
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um January 6th, I'll be in D.C. It's
0: going to be a fun time to be there.
1: Yes. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so anyway, it's going to be a very interesting time because um, uh, many Americans are going to be gathering together and uh, taking this to task we cannot, as American people, continue to uh, allow ourselves to be pushed around like this. And so there's going to be another uh, situation where we have to get together <clears throat> and push back. Um, because like I continue to say, the longer we wait, the more difficult it will be. It's n- no different than cleaning a house or w- windows or whatever. The, more, the longer you wait to do it, the more difficult it will be. Yeah. And so we, the people have to uh, make sure that, uh, we, um, get our act together. It's on, it's on us. Absolutely.
0: Now it just, just in case anybody's missing the point of January 6th, that is the official day that the joint session of Congress occurs to, uh, certify the electoral college votes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so if you somehow have missed that, that's what uh, we're talking about, yeah. uh, and and I do want to get into that with you a little bit more as a topic a little later, uh, but before that, uh, wow. I wanted to get into a couple more things, but I, I really wanted to touch on one more thing, though. It, how refreshing is it to see, though, back to the topic that I initially brought up, yeah. to see somebody like Kirk Cameron – who is still a relatively beloved kind of actor. He's still a, he still fills a niche these days, but he was a really well-received guy. He's standing on character. He's a person of faith. How nice is it to see that this is someone who's not going to be deterred, and he's going to stand with courage and stand for what's right? We need a lot more of that uh, from the people who have a career to lose. You know, it, it, he's standing in defiance of every standard and norm in the industry in which he works. So that takes courage that not a lot of people show these days, Ron.
1: Well, n- not only that, but it takes, um, I don't know, a personal level of uh, morality because a lot of people have a lot of courage to do this, that, and the other, right or wrong. But, uh, Kurt, uh, I, I really admire. His stance and the fact that he continues to prosper in that particular field, uh, considering the uh, state of affairs, is uh, remarkable. Now, I don't remember the name of it, but uh, there is being formed a uh, conservative-oriented movie-producing company. And it's going to be large. It's going to be competitive with the, uh, uh, the Dragon Media ones. Uh, Such as 20th 20th century or whatever And uh, They're going to be uh, A a force to be reckoned with In Hollywood And uh, we knew Some of us knew that this was going to start happening Around this time Um, Conservatives Christians, whatever People of good moral character Were not going to continue to just Sit idly by forever Because they have to eat too They want to eat too just like anyone else and that's what's going to have to happen across the board we're going to have to just take the bull by the horns and do what we have to do now before i was disturbed i was just wanted to inform you guys about january 6th Uh, i'm going to be there in dc going to be speaking uh there this time around i'm going to be um, a gathering with uh, mike lindell and uh, some other folks uh, that you, you guys know and um you know, going to D.C. is not exact, exactly a pleasurable experience, in my opinion, and especially every, every time I go there, I feel like I'm being personally teased because I see the destruction that 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 is there. And it's like, hey, Ron, you got to come back. It's like they want to keep throwing it in my face or something, but <clears throat> not really. But uh, I, I, that's the way it feels when I when I land there and I walk in, around and I see what I see and it's like. Okay, really? you want me to come back? and um but it's for a good cause. Uh, we're going to be also praying uh, because uh, things start the festivities, if it were at, as, as it were, begin at seven a m. There's going to be a lot of prayer and and all of that. and like I said, a number of us are going to be giving speeches and ooh, because uh, you know, certain decisions are going to be going on at that time. Um, the 6th of January, and uh, we're going to have to uh, really fight. Um, it's getting down to the wire. Uh, life and death for the country, life and death for our freedoms. Uh, <clears throat> we're, in a, we're in a real war. And so um, I said, okay, goodness, oh, I'll be there again. But uh, I tell you, Tim, uh, you, you would feel the same way. You, if you were to, to pop into D.C. right now and you s- were to see what I see, great, great hotels and great uh, businesses of all stripes boarded up and uh, – or dirtied up with uh, Black Lives Matter. <laughs> and it's just just horrible. And in your capital <clears> – <throat> and I know I've talked about this – to 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 ad nauseum, but it, it's. I I think you get it though you you um, understand, the brevity, yeah. uh, uh, of such an occasion of, of such of, of such events.
0: Well, when when it comes to just going to D.C., it, it's really, uh, it's it's one of those situations where if you haven't seen it before, you may not realize. How bad it is! It's it's akin to uh, have if you've been to New York City, if you'd been to Manhattan before the Twin Towers came down, and then you saw the Twin Towers come down. If you'd never been there, uh, the images don't do it justice. You you really have to have experienced what a difference it is it's it's akin to that level of destruction too yep. only this is way more destructive uh than that event was because that's uh that uh, just a small general area this is an infection uh far more serious than anything COVID could throw at you that's literally <laughs> working to destroy the country um and you know i guess we could probably just go ahead and and rise into the topic of what's transpiring too but before we do that i did want to kind of uh circle back around because you know you and i have been talking for a long time about how we do need more conservative outlets and there's been a lot of small conservative outlets trying to do their thing and we've seen this movement and a lot of people are on board and we've seen folks like glenn beck trying to to do something like that and now the uh The uh, Daily Wire is moving in that direction too, and and they're going to be doing entertainment stuff. And Daily Wire did exactly what I think anybody who wants to do this on a major format should do. They got out of Dodge. Don't stay in California. California, it needs to be done. Hollywood no longer needs to be Hollywood. Now, I'm not a big fan of the Democrats running things in Nashville. But if uh, you were to set up camp somewhere near Nashville where it's economical for you to go into town or it's easy enough to fly to uh, whatever sets and whatever you're going to do, whatever cities you're going to film in, and it's easy enough to do that from there, international airport downtown, uh, and you've got plenty of rural country that you can just ride out to and uh, it would be a phenomenal location set if you're serious about it. I would be scouting out locations out here, and not just because I would love to see the increase of the economy here in my home state, but just because it would be nearly perfect for what you would try to do in the entertainment industry.
1: True, but you have to, you know. <clears throat> even though I don't, I'm not a native of, of Tennessee. I've always admired Tennessee, and um, <clears throat> it's one of those places that by its very existence has a very – it's very dear to my heart. And to realize that in you brought up Nashville, they – oh, Lord have mercy. They just increased, well, very recently, taxes by 34 percent, and there was no logical reason to do it. Nashville has been a very prosperous city. I don't think the the, the coffers there were in the black. But every time Democrats get a stronghold, one of the first things they do is raise taxes to make it more burdensome for you to do business. Everywhere they go, it doesn't matter. Nashville now, and that spreads into the county and, and beyond. And what needs to happen People need to move into Nashville and change the voting patterns so that Nashville to get, can get back to being Nashville. Because it started, I saw the decline happening when they switched <clears throat> focuses in the country music industry in Nashville. And Mike Huckabee said, "Well, you know what? I'm bowing out because I think he was on. <clears throat> I forget the, the the name of it. The uh, it was the board or whatever they they call it of the, uh, the country music there." And he said, you know what? You guys have become too liberal. I'm out. Peace out. I I, I said, oh, God. I remember telling some folks, oh, boy, there goes Nashville. Here come the taxes yet. Next. And there you go.
0: It is a shame. And again, that's why I would say not directly in nashville but there's some nice locations outside that's still close enough you can take advantage of the location but you're right uh, and uh, the same thing uh memphis uh formerly great city has been in control of the democrats for a while it is uh it has really went downhill as a result. Uh, Nashville is in the throes of that. Uh, Knoxville actually has not been faring much better for whatever reason. Uh, the county itself as a whole, very red. The city uh, continues to elect Democrats the last few times out, but... Uh, fortunately they still feel like they they have to be a little more balanced in their approach but uh, uh you can see them leaning and chipping away because that's what democrats do
1: yeah
0: uh you're absolutely right uh switching gears just a little bit though uh let's go ahead and tackle the uh event ongoing on January 6th uh, uh we'll we'll uh we'll focus there now obviously there's a lot of different possibilities still in play uh, this is also why the legacy media and every Democrat officeholder and every never-Trumper has been so um, just hell-bent on everybody acknowledging Joe Biden this is the president-elect Joe Biden. It's like, no, not yet. Until the electoral college is certified, none of that is official. And even though there's some highly unlikely possibilities and maybe even possibly the potential of something that hasn't happened before, uh, there is still a very real possibility that legally and constitutionally uh, we do not end up with Joe Biden coming out as the winner there. Um, Obviously today was one of the deadlines if if Mike Pence intended on rejecting certain electors from certain states – he had an obligation to send uh, a letter or a form of communication uh, to the states in which he had serious concerns about that. That doesn't mean if he doesn't do that, that that's the only way he gets to reject electors or refuse to certify. What it does mean is that uh, if he had done that, you would know for certain that those states only have so much time to find a way to rectify The circumstances, and we have at least five key states that clearly violated their own state's constitutions, which invalidated a multitude of legitimate votes within their home state. Yeah. So the legal grounds are still there. Uh what would you anticipate, and do you think that um, we're going to see uh, Mike Pence take a step? Do you think we're going to see a simple majority vote, uh, sustained objections? Because we know. We know at this point members of the House, there's at least two that are going to bring forth objections And we know that there's about five or six senators that, despite Mitch McConnell's warnings, have made it very clear that they're at least open to, and at least one has practically promised, that being the newest member, uh, Mr. Uh, Tuberville, former coach down this way, uh, has promised that he would. So it seems like at least a couple of objections will be raised. What do you foresee playing out uh, as you've been paying attention here? Now, Mike Pence, uh,
1: Vice President Pence… <clears throat> he makes me kind of nervous. The reason being is because um, normally I can get a good read on someone, and but with Mr. Pence, my gut instinct is not to trust <clears throat> or trust but verify. But he continues to declare his faith, in Jesus Christ, and he stands for life, and he's, he's 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 open with it. And I'm saying, either this guy is one of the world's great actors, which he'll have to pay for later on down the road, if you know what I mean, or he's really, you know, he's 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 sincere. And I really can't put my finger on it. And probably part of the reason why is I keep hoping against hope. That uh, and and praying and believing that he's sincere and that he will do the right thing and uh, take action of the appropriate action that he legally can take. Um, My my goodness. um, That's 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 one that makes me a little nervous. However, as I agree with you and your assessment, that uh, even if um, Pence does punk out, there are still legitimate avenues to prevent Biden from, from taking and, and assuming the White House. And I do declare and decree, and I do believe that he is not going to take it. I, I really do. I really, really do, my friend. Even though I don't see clearly the path to victory, I hon- I'm just being honest with you. All right. But I do see victory on our side. Well, I, I I would be in absolute
0: amazement if it doesn't come down to Pence having to, to take that step because mm-hmm. it, we know how it plays out. If an objection is made and is sponsored by uh, the senator, and then they break up, they debate for a couple of hours, then they have a vote, and it's a simple majority, and then there's this window of ambiguity. If there's a split decision – then it's in the hands of Pence to make the decision whether or not to sustain the objection or to ignore it. But if both sides come back and, – and it seems like even given the number of Republicans right now that are, are even just implying, uh, whether it's just – I don't know, maybe just virtue signaling from the uh, so-called conservative side, some folks that are kind of middle of the road hoping to get some cred, uh, and we know that happens. Yeah. but. Uh, there certainly doesn 't seem to be enough Republicans in the Senate that would be willing to vote uh, to to sustain the objection i don 't know that you 're able to even get that split even if they do that it would be it would have to be a heck of a debate, and the only way that that debate is winning and is not in the hands of Mike Pence would be if somehow miraculously they do get a simple majority in both the House and the Senate uh, to Uphold the objection. In that case, you, those uh, you end up with certain electors just uh, either not acknowledged or, or what have you, and it ends up in the House. But it still seems the most likely context is maybe, maybe a split between the two, and then uh, it's still up to depends. But okay, go ahead.
1: I, I agree with you, but I think something else may occur. Something else is on that's on the horizon. I believe that. And I cannot tell you what exactly, but I do believe that uh, some horrific details are going to come to the fore, be brought to the fore, and it will be of such a ridiculously bad nature, despite all that has already been brought forth and should have been enough to prevent uh, Biden from having a chance to assume the White House. Um, But technically, there was enough, and they just cheated their way into the White House, by the way. Um, there's, oh gosh, it was a figure that I, in fact, I was um, checking it out today, something about 300,000 votes that uh, were literally erased. It's been deleted. And when you delete something, you don't really get rid of it. You know that. And these, these votes the reason why they know that uh, they were deleted is being the, I guess they're being brought back or were brought back or whatever, and, they're, and they're, most of them were for Trump. And so uh, that's just one case. The unfortunate thing is that uh, the court system is, excuse me, is corrupt. So they don't, want to, they don't want to hear it because they're all either globalist pigs or spineless idiots or whatever. Or they're like John Roberts who, who hates Donald Trump. And I'm telling you, <clears throat> the in, the other side has gotten – they're getting more cocky. And there's going to be a slip-up of, of some kind. Something's going to happen to him that is going to dramatically change the direction of the uh, chain of events here. I cannot tell you what it is, but I do know that something <clears> – <throat> Is 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 about to some the the other shoe is about to drop because you cannot see there's too much at stake for that not to happen because you know as well as I know maybe better than I know the fact that if the United States of America does not uh, is not blessed with the second term of Donald John Trump. It's not just us who will be horribly affected. This time, it will infect, affect, infect the entire planet. As I've stated many times before, I know people all over the planet, in many countries, that are begging God. <laughs> And letting us know that they continue to pray for us, that we make the right decision, that we come to the right conclusion. Because they know as bad as it would be for us, their nations would really be cooked. And by the way, it would still be a lot worse for us than a lot of people understand. People don't understand the fact that um, there are many, 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 and I do mean many. Chinese troops that are positioned to attack this country with the permission of Joe Biden. That is one of the reasons why the borders are still open even though we've been building hundreds of miles of fence which makes it a little more difficult for the illegals to come in but they, you know, just walk further down and come in that way. And we have to uh, continue to build as much as we can. But there are certain very dangerous situations that will explode in our faces if Joe Biden takes the White House. It will not be pretty. Your rights, the things you take for granted, my fellow Americans, forget about it. These people are coming after us with fangs gaping. and I'm not saying this to either infuriate anybody, to frighten anyone. This is just... Where we're at, you know it, I know you know it, Tim, yeah, the right uh, uh, go ahead, I'm sorry,
0: no, I was just going to say right now, there's not a more dangerous entity to any place on the planet than the c uh, c p and uh Biden has proven himself uh in the past for whatever amount of time he might actually hold office should uh, he be inaugurated, and uh I know a lot of people say he won't get through a first term, I don't know how many weeks. He gets through because we've seen, and we've already touched on this, uh, the media completely asleep on all the Hunter Biden stuff during the general election. But as soon as it's over and they think they're installing their guy, now all of a sudden it's real, and the average Democrat voter is having their attention brought to it. So we we don't know how long he's going to stay. It's not going to get any better if he's pulled out, but to your point, China – is ready to pounce. They've been preparing for a long time. We're, we've started weeding out Chinese spies, and these yep. are just the ones that we that they nope. want us to find. <laughs> these are just the ones they want us to find. Yeah. Our guys haven't been seriously looking for a long time. They've been bogged down. Uh, but yeah, I I certainly hope that you are right. Uh, I pray for it as well. It's dangerous times, and China's already got uh, a huge swath of control in uh, major parts of africa they have a major presence in south america and now they're moving into central america and uh, unless you've been there recently you would have no idea ron let's go ahead and take that mid-hour break we're running just a smidge long and on the other side we will uh we'll kind of finish up that topic a little if you want to and then i yeah. want to get to the the hottest topic of the day of course and that being uh the spending bills the stimulus oh. and then of course donald Trump. Actually, officially vetoing the defense spending bill and still threatening uh, that COVID relief is not going to pass as is. So uh, you stay where you're at. Uh, You guys in the chat room and everybody listening elsewhere, stay where you're at. We'll pick it up right after this.
1: Seventy-five. Lutheran Pastor John Peter Gabriel Mucklenburg concluded a very powerful sermon. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards on today's page from the Edwards Notebook. In the language of the Holy Writ, there is a time for all things. There is a time to preach and a time to fight. And now is the time to fight. He then threw off his clerical robe to reveal his Revolutionary War Officer uniform, That afternoon, at the head of 300 men, he marched off to join General Washington's troops and became a colonel in the 8th Virginia Regiment. Ministers turned the colonial resistance into a righteous cause, not only from the pulpit, but also in state legislatures, among military chaplains, also taking up arms and leading troops into battle. Ultimately, the Continental Army captured two key British armies at Saratoga in 1777. When the prophetic words of Patrick Henry rang out, quote, three millions of us people armed with the holy cause of liberty and in such a country as this which we possess are invincible by any force which our enemy can send against us. Today, we who appreciate our unedible rights which come from God are engaged along with President Trump in a war against the deep state swamp dwellers whom we shall soon defeat. So help us God. I'm Ron Edwards check out the ronedwards.com
2: ron edwards the new voice of america
3: sponsored by the tri-county liberty coalition this is dan perkins with your songs and stories for soldiers veterans tip of the day are you looking for a job because you got laid off because of the coronavirus most veterans think that the gi bill can only be used for college but that's not true it can also be used for retraining programs So if you're out of work and looking for a new career, go to the VA.gov and look at the GI Bill Benefits. This has been your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans Tip of the Day.
0: so very much for staying with us through that very brief break, and I do hope you're enjoying the sounds of the season as well. Um, Obviously, it's very nearly Christmas. In fact, if you're listening to the rebroadcast on any of the great radio stations, that's kind enough to do that. Uh, You will probably be hearing this a day or two or maybe even three days later. Uh, So for your benefit, just so you know, the time of the live broadcast is December 23rd. It is Christmas Eve Eve if you will. Uh, it's 2020, and uh, we're perusing right past 7.30 p.m. Eastern at the moment, and my guest right now is the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook, the host of the Ron Edwards American Experience, and uh, he's a good friend. His name's Ron Edwards, and he's with us right now. And Ron, uh, before we get back into the uh, topics at hand, let everybody know where they can find your work if they are so inclined.
1: Well, I have a little bit of work It's called the Ron Edwards American Experience. You can find that uh, weekends on K-Star Talk Radio. Also, americamatters.us on the weekends. Also, weekends on the Nevada Talk Radio Network and also um, on great radio stations around the country. And also, The Edwards Notebook is on uh, well over 300 radio stations total, and you can find out uh, more information if you go to theronedwards.com, theronedwards.com. That's my website. Also, folks, uh, check out my uh, new YouTube uh, channel. Just go... Just type in Ron Edwards on YouTube, and there you'll see my happy face. And we just started it just a a few – a couple of weeks ago, and so it's not huge or anything like that. Uh, the following is still uh, very meager, but um, hey, do not – I shall not frown on small beginnings. But anyway, check me out there as well, and we're going to start doing more videos on YouTube. There you go, Tim. All right. Can I go ahead and recommend while you're doing
0: the videos to go ahead and set yourself up over at BitChute and Rumble as well? Sure. uh Sure. uh, those are uh, platforms that are going to be challenging YouTube given their propensity for silencing people who uh, don't necessarily share their same viewpoints, uh, whereas uh, these other platforms, at least so far, do not have that same propensity. So it uh, might be uh, a good opportunity to reach some other people
1: there as okay. well. So. Oh, real quick, can, can I uh, ask folks if they go to YouTube and check out my channel, just subscribe and uh, you know, send YouTube a message? That you even like the truth on YouTube. Yeah.
0: Uh, let, let me do my impersonation of every YouTuber on the planet right now. Don't forget to subscribe and smash that like button. Yeah, there <laughs> you hear, go. If I hear somebody say smash the like button one more time, it's like, my screen's already broken, guys. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, man yeah i well I'm glad to see that you're branching out uh, a little further as well and uh the uh platforms uh, as they are are uh, still present an opportunity to spread the message and conservative values are certainly something that is worth having out in the ether because heaven forbid someone who's been indoctrinated into the left should accidentally stumble across an idea that sounds like it was uh, possibly well thought out and <laughs> based on facts and uh, with historical uh, backing uh, that shows success as opposed to pie-in-the-sky promises and always falling flat uh, like a lot of the leftist policies <laughs> tend to do. All right, anyway, uh, enough of all that uh, fun and frivolity, and let's let's get to the stuff. Was was there anything else you wanted to finish off with the events upcoming on the 6th, or are you ready to dive into the sure. stimulus, omnibus, uh, all that stuff?
1: Sure. Like I said, it's going to be a huge gathering. Uh, there's going to be Mike Lindell. I forget uh, some of the other folks they, they, that are going to be there, but they said, show up. you got to be there, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, come on. <sighs> But it's it's going to be large, and it's important because, like I said, we're going to be praying uh, starting at 7 a.m., and I think uh, proceedings begin at uh, 9 a.m. Uh, there in D.C. Uh, concerning the election process and all of that. So uh, the decision – I think it's the elector's decision or whatever, <laughs> but they want us to be there, and they want us to um, each – uh give a few words to the audience that'll be gathered there and so um you know it's an honor it's just that um the condition of the Capitol really it, it, it's i guess it, to be honest with you it's heartbreaking and it really hurt, it really hurts and uh, it's it's it, it it's it, it hurts literally it's not a um, figure you know not speaking figuratively it's 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 uh lord have mercy it's, yeah. it, it hurts, and it's frightening at the same time.
0: It's not that dissimilar to visiting other formerly great American cities uh, like Detroit, for example. Uh, yeah, I, that comes from, Detroit was once one of the shining jewels of our industrial uh, drive here in America, and now it looks like what Nagasaki should look like today, only <laughs> it looks fantastic. Uh, San Francisco. Again, one of the most beautiful cities uh, uh, to exist in this by Nation, and now you need an app to help you to avoid stepping in poo wherever you're going, and hopefully yeah. you're not accosted by uh, homeless people that are trying to bully you or panhandlers that are pretending to be homeless who also get in on the action. Uh, it, you know, It's it one thing to be homeless and to have genuine need. It's another thing for the city not to take steps to keep itself clean and give actual help to people who might need it as opposed to uh, the leftist version of well if we just let you do what you want that'll make you feel better that's not helping it's it's bad parenting it's bad governing and it's just bad <laughs> just
1: yeah. plain bad absolutely
0: yep uh, anyway uh let's let's look a little bit though while we have some time um Three different things got passed on the same night, and it looked like it was going to be a done deal when it came to the uh, COVID relief package. Uh, but Donald Trump came out uh, early and said, uh, no, it's not enough money for the people, and you got too much junk thrown in it. And I I don't think that's uh, a, a, at all an unfair uh, critique of what all is in the bill. I mean gender studies in Pakistan, uh, <laughs> and that's one of the more sane things that you find in police. Um I think what uh, a lot of people found surprising, though, is he has actually officially vetoed the defense spending bill. Uh, that happened just a little while before we came on air. And, again, he he told everybody up front, it's like – Uh, If you try to do some of the things that you have put in this bill so far, I will veto it, and he kept his word, once again, keeping promises. Uh, Whether you like him or you hate him, whether you think he's a big blowhard or if you think he's a great strategist, whatever else you want to say, whatever else you can say about Donald Trump, one thing that you must admit, he's a man who's kept his promises. If he made the promise, it took literally an act of Congress to keep him from Keeping those promises Uh, What's what's your thoughts first of all On how they tried to force all this stuff On the American public Uh, We've talked a lot about continuing resolutions Omnibus bills before It's crap But anyway, your thoughts on how they did it And Donald Trump's reaction to it so far
1: Well, here's the thing The fact that he Keeps his promises Makes him not a blowhard Number two I would have been disappointed had he not threatened to veto of this garbage. This goes back to a point that I was making earlier. We have to do a better job of electing officials who want to represent we, the American people, who vote for them. You know, you can even be a liberal, but your policies should only impact the people in America. Your policy should not be... Well, um, we'll send money, more money to Pakistan and these other nations to study whatever, or to make a mess of other nations in in other directions. We'll spend more money on that than wasting money on helping Americans. It would be better to at least, you know, I don't believe in you know these little checks going out. I mean, that's not going to impact my life one way or another. I mean, yeah, everyone wants a little extra change, but come on. The best impact on all of us, wealthy, poor, middle class, is you open up the economy and our butts get back to to, to working and uh, opening up new businesses and getting, you know, that's that's the real uh, stimulus package. And Donald Trump understands that. And if you love a people, if you respect a people, you are not going to say well you know what we're going to waste all the money anyway and but instead of wasting it on you and wasting it on projects in our own country we're going to waste a bulk of it on foreign nations many of whom do not even like us oh like pakistan so um i this is this is another reason Why? We need Donald Trump back in the White House or to stay in the White House and more than than ever. It just continues to add up, boom, 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 boom. And uh, to me, (coughs) whether you love him or hate him, no one can logically call him a blowhard because a blowhard talks a lot but does nothing. This guy talks a lot, and he backs it up with the actions. And the only area where Donald Trump has failed is he failed himself when he should have, and he was given warnings to do a better job, a more succinct job of cleaning house, getting rid of traitors and backstabbers from around him. And some of them, believe it or not, I'll just put it to you this way, are relatives. One of one of them is a globalist pig. I've, I've said this in in, in in the past, Jared. Okay, and um, hey, he is he is a he's a globalist. You know, uh, he's, he's being nice because he's uh, Donald Trump's uh, son-in-law, but he's still pushing for uh, splitting up Jerusalem for the stinking Palestinians. So, you know. Donald Trump is the best president since Reagan, and in many ways he's better than Reagan. I never, ever thought I'd ever say that I thought a president was better than Reagan. Reagan was a better presenter as a president, but Donald Trump is even better in action.
0: Well, i got to say I don't know that there has been, uh, at least in modern times, maybe even once we got about four or five presidents in, that there's been a better person… In the White House that has respected our federalist system of government, he is literally the one single and only world leader that has not used COVID-19 as an excuse to draw more power and more authority to himself or to the to the government he's the only one even boris johnson over in the uk oh. has used it as an excuse and of course you know I, we talked a little bit about this sunday because that was one of the topics to be locked down over the weekend <laughs> uh where everybody got out of town before the lockdown starts i'm going to give you uh 24 hours to get out of london uh, by telling you nobody leave london and christmas is canceled and uh, uh smart move guys it's like first of all maybe you just don't do it huh but if you're going to do it, yeah, don't give people enough time to go out onto the streets, get into the train stations. It literally looked like an apocalyptic movie for a little bit. Some of the footage I know you've seen, but uh, to to your points, uh, you know, we do have a, a set of circumstances. You, you said that Donald Trump understands. I would like to pose the very real uh, possibility because I think it would be true that at least a majority of the people on the other side of that equation also understand. They know exactly what they're doing. Yes. They just have a very different goal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They know what they're doing. Heck yeah, they know what they're doing, and they've been doing a good job at what they're doing. That's why we're in this, this, this boat that we're in now. They've done – I mean, six, talk about uh, Chuck Schumer one time said uh, something about if you come against the CIA, they'll come back at you six ways till Sunday. Well, the left has been working six ways to Sunday. Number one, <clears throat> not only have they screwed us over, but they've made 51 percent of the American people like it. 51 percent of the American people have said, you know what? Not only are we going to bend over and grab our ankles, we're going to tie our hands to our ankles, and you just wail away. Okay, leftists, just do it. They like it. And you know what? I can give you examples one after another uh, until Christmas to, to prove my case. And it is that – I know that's a vulgar example. But I can give you examples in the political realm that are just as vulgar as that because when you talk about the approved destruction of our country – now, I'll give you maybe one or two if I have time. One, gosh, it embarrasses me to say this, but the majority of black Americans love destruction. Oops, yeah, I said it. They love it. They lick their chops at the very thought of the destruction of this republic. I've had enough um, conversations with Detroiters, one of the main harbinger cities of leftist thought amongst the populace. I've had enough um huh. How should I describe it? Uh, Emails. I'll just just leave it at that. Emails and other forms of communication to prove that these people want death and destruction rather than live. I watched in Washington, D.C., the vermin, the human debris, just running around trying to destroy. Thankfully, this time, they got their behinds whipped because finally our side is fighting back. But these people want destruction. That is why the mayor of, for instance, of Washington, D.C., I didn't know this. and I just found out today that when you buy a hotel room in in, in Washington, D.C., amongst the regular bed tax and things like that, you pay $62. $62 is is a city fee to to stay overnight in in Washington, D.C., And, of course, the hotels have to pass that cost. I mean, that is horrible because it's about bringing destruction. Well, she's like, well, if they're stupid enough to come, we'll take the money. But at the same time, they're hoping that it drives down businesses and things become niggerized and ghettoized because businesses would have to close or not keep keep up the way they should because – Washington, D.C. is supposed to be a world-class, meticulous city on par with London, on par with other great capitals of the world. In fact, she should be more beautiful than the others because we are the greatest nation. But these beasts, who call themselves human beings, like destruction. And I hate to say this, might as well offend everybody. A growing percentage of white people have the same mentality. I know tons of, of wealthy white people who, who who love Black Lives Matter. They surround me. Got Black Lives Matter signs in their in their in their, mans- in their in their homes. Oh yeah, next door neighbor. Black Lives Matter moved it out further. Once they realized that I I didn't don't like that. So and so it's a disease it's not just confined to one race i just pointed out one and now i'm pointing out the other major race yeah. and well, it, it, so people like this destruction they have been convinced not only to smell the crap but to eat the crap and like it they have convinced americans to literally take it up the rear politically economically their rights, okay, and 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 see, because <clears throat> one portion of the population is convinced, well, good if America's destroyed, that's that's payback from for what happened 150, 200 years ago. The other part, oh, it's 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 white guilt. I'm so sorry I was born white. Please forgive me, oh black people. I'll bow to you and kiss your backside. Is that what you want? (laughs) And so it's crazy, man. You've seen the video where they were bowing, and it was in Houston. They were literally bowing in front of Black Lives Matter, bunch of white folks. So I say these things in the way that I say them, but they're based on – it's based on facts and actual occurrences.
0: Yeah, Ron, we are quickly running out of time, and I hate to – to have to drop things right there Because it felt like we were really getting to a place Where we could have a great conversation Stepping forward But uh, oh. you know The the <laughs> hour always goes by so fast <laughs> We'll have to pick it up later And by the way Ron I'm getting official confirmation right now There are two people in the state of Nebraska Of Korean descent That you didn't manage to offend tonight So you'll have to try harder next time
1: right, well, I'll go for it Absolutely, right. I promise. Merry All right. Christmas.
0: Merry Christmas, Ron. Thank you so much for coming on, and uh, can't wait till we get together again. Thank you, oh, sir.
1: Yes. Thank you. I'll be as as offensive as possible next time.
2: <laughs>
1: well, I'm looking
0: forward and somewhat scared. <laughs> Thank you, Ron. And uh, again, okay. Merry
1: Christmas, sir. Godspeed. Take care. You too, okay. and safe travel. Bye. All
0: right, guys. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, remember uh, the show gets split in half for most of the uh, radio rebroadcasts, so I'm going to reset the hour right now. So for those of you that I'm saying goodbye to at the moment, please remember, whatever else you do, don't take my word for not one little bit of the things I say. Uh, Don't take at face value what anybody else is telling you either. Be prepared. Go do your own research. Do your own homework. The most important thing you can do is use your brain if you really – want to tap into the truth in the meanwhile you guys stay safe uh stay healthy and uh be smart out there even if it kind of goes against your nature now if you're here at btr and you're hanging out hour number two starts right after this
2: Too much government Can you tell me where the Constitution went Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread So many people try to cross the border Politicians build a new world order And West Take your right to self-defense. Say you're stable but they don't make sense. Dangerous one will not have an answer gun All we need to know is that Welcome to tonight's broadcast of Tapping
0: to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing. With all the usual caveats, of course, with you as always, I am your ever so humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Jim Tap Committee, alive from historic Roan County, Tennessee. Glad to have you guys along for the ride on this what is a Wednesday evening, and it is Christmas Eve Eve. Yes, that's right, if you're listening to the rebroadcast of this show. On one of the many great radio stations across the country that's kind enough to do that, then for your benefit, I will let you know the time of the live broadcast was December twenty third, twenty twenty. To be a brief moment after eight p.m. Eastern, and this is the second hour. Yes, indeed, the second hour of a live two-hour broadcast. Now, back in the first hour, I had uh, Ron Edwards, as is the norm on Wednesdays. Uh, he was with me. We covered a, a few different topics. And uh, he was uh, his usual Ron Edwards self. So uh, if you missed that, uh, wherever you're listening, you are invited to go to Spreaker.com and check out the archives there. I hope you will do that. Or, of course, if you listen to podcasts, uh, the show is available just about everywhere that uh, podcasts are kept. So uh, feel free to do that. And also, at this point in time, we're getting very, very close to the end of the year. And as you may have noticed, I'm not as as frequently mentioning uh, radio station call signs. It's not because I am miffed at any particular radio station or that uh, there's bad things afoot. But I do know for a fact that at least two of the radio stations that I'm currently rebroadcast on, they're going to be changing Their formats. No more talk radio. They're they're switching things up. So if you're listening on one of those radio stations and then all of a sudden uh, on January 1st, boom, there's no more talk radio on the station that you're listening to, you are cordially invited to either a join me live uh, at blogtalkradio.com, which is where the home broadcasting typically uh, emanates from, or you are just as welcome to track down the podcast, go to spreaker.com or uh, Stitcher, if you like uh, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Radio, uh, Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts. I think Google's still there. Maybe something happened with Google. Uh, you know, just a, a ton of places. And I, I have to admit that right now, the podcast version I, I mentioned before that it happened for about three days. But there was a brief time about a month and a half ago where the show actually was getting more plays in India than in the United States. Well, for the past week and a half, that has been the situation again. So come on, all y'all, patriot, uh, patriotic Americans. This is an American show about America primarily, and you're going to let these uh, folks over in India out listen to you? Come on. Come on, man. You know the thing. Now, actually, I think it's pretty cool, and uh, glad to have all the uh, listeners over there that are uh, clearly digging it and enjoying the show, and thank you so much for uh, your support. I, I'm accustomed to seeing a lot of specific uh, cities in the stats show up in certain countries, uh, particularly where typically uh, a lot of U.S. servicemen are stationed. Uh, I know a uh, friend of mine that I went to high school with who's in the Navy who's stationed over in japan has really turned on a lot of people uh that are stationed with him onto the show and the listenership popped up there pretty high for a while uh it really hasn't uh, dropped off much just a little bit but it's kind of plateaued it stopped growing but this thing with India uh, is just – it's a surprising to me. Uh, it's amazing because uh, I, I don't know what the connection is, but in the past, I've been able to see a city pop up in the stats. and I'm like, wow, okay, I know who's there. I know who's listening, or at least I know who's uh, helping to push uh, right there and help uh, draw more attention. I know who's sharing uh, in the area, but with this, not so much in several cities, and uh, I – I just uh, thought it was kind of quirky and wanted to share that. All right. uh, Again, because this is, in fact, Wednesday, it's the middle of the week, uh, a little quick hit that I'm not going to go into very deep, but it's worth mentioning. Uh, If you – I would imagine this is going to be the kind of story that you hear quite a bit about over the next couple of days, and then we'll move on because I don't know or – I don't think that it is, and I don't know that it'll be consequential in any real way, but uh, Donald Trump has further empowered John Durham's criminal investigation into the FBI counterintelligence investigation into the 2016 campaign. Uh, He's further empowered them by granting them authority – Well, granting specifically John Durham authority to use classified information – Indefinitely for the remainder of the investigation, basically making an edict stating that uh, Joe Biden can't come back and uh, deny the classified information. Now, I don't know if there's a precedent for that. I, I was planning on trying to, to research that a little bit more. I don't know how effective such an edict actually will be. Uh, I would imagine if Joe Biden challenges it in court, the court system will bend over backwards to accommodate Joe Biden and, and help end that. Uh, Whether it's constitutional or not uh, I'm just at the moment Without having done enough research I can't tell you uh, And I'm not certain And I would hate to misinform you So I don't know that it's relevant or not But I do think it's just another sign That Donald Trump wants the truth to come out Even after he may not be in a position To help make that happen (coughs) Excuse me And uh, like I said Just Throwing it out there for your general knowledge. Not really going to get into. I see that uh, Bringing It Boy is in the house. Just popped into the checkroom. Hey, boy, uh, glad to see you uh, hanging in there with us this evening. Thanks for being here. I hope that uh, Suzette is uh, nearby. And, uh, you know, uh, she's a host, of course, the host of a great show. Uh, Suzette Live over on the Ideas Are Bulletproof Network over on Spreaker. Definitely uh, there uh, uh, There you will find great conservative information. It's a great show. And you know, before I delve into these other topics too, I haven't given a shout out or a roll call yet either. Uh, I didn't do it in the first hour. I've gotten all carried away. Uh, so, first of all, Merry Christmas to everybody. Uh, today is, of course, also Festivus. So if you celebrate that, uh, uh, festive festivus um you know happy hanukkah, all that good stuff it is the season, but uh glad to have you guys in, but uh want to give shout outs to Bigfoot He, of course, is a blogger extraordinaire uh, don't believe me fine fine go go see for yourself bigfoot's place dot dot com that's the place to go, and you will never doubt me again. At least about that. Uh, also, uh, as I mentioned, bringing a boys in the house, and that usually means Suzette is somewhere nearby as well. So glad to have the folks from California living, living the dream that uh, the leftist politicians out there are trying to turn into a nightmare. But hey, they're holding the line, and God bless them for it. Uh, <laughs> Merry non-mask-free Christmas. Uh, <laughs> From bringing it, boy. Uh, yes, uh, yes. We got Crazy Cajun in the house as well. Uh, he is uh, hanging out. Been here most of the show. We've uh, kind of missed him uh, here the last few days. He's been doing uh, other things. We've been keeping him busy, but glad to have him in the house. Merry Christmas to you guys as well. New Orleans, wake up has been hanging out with us since uh, a little bit more than the halfway point of the first hour tonight. So, uh, you know, uh, glad to glad that you're spending a little time with us and. Uh it's, uh, it's it's a lot of fun having you in the chat room most of the time uh, when you're not uh, crossing those lines and getting a little too abusive to some of the other folks in there, which I know you think you never do, but uh, so sorry. Sometimes you do. Uh, we've also got Chief in the house as well. Uh, Chief was uh, – Actually, Chief was second into the chat room tonight, so he was not the fastest on the draw. I believe Cajun actually beat him tonight. So uh, Chief, of course, is the host of a great program in its own right. It's called Simple Facts of Life. You can find him at blogtalkradio.com. Once you are there on the homepage, you can go into the search bar, and you can look him up by his call sign. But it's probably a lot easier for you to remember to just put in Simple Facts of Life. Uh, Hit that uh, search button, then scroll down a little bit, and you'll find him. Uh, Lots of great shows in the archives, as well as should you choose to. uh, He goes live on Tuesdays, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. You, of course, can adjust to your time zone accordingly, as well you should. All right, so that's everybody in the chat room right now, although uh, Purple Pill was in here earlier. And uh, the last few few broadcasts, Purple Pill, had been – Almost combative uh, And uh, quite insulting to the point that I was Prepared to, to go ahead and Boot him out of the chat room tonight But uh, it wasn't as bad tonight it, uh, Some A few strange odd things That he thought was funny a few times But mostly mostly good conversation Although if Somewhat off topic but, um, Okay so As long as everybody's getting along You're all welcome here in the chat room That's all I'm trying to say Now uh, one of the stories that I do think we need to take a little bit of a look at. I, I really, I came across this, and at first I thought maybe somebody was punking me. I thought maybe, maybe somebody snuck a Babylon Bee story over at a different uh, place. Is this this parody? Is this satire? Could this be true? But then I started reading it a little bit, and no, this this is where we're at in America today. See, a Virginia judge has now issued an opinion in which he stated that a black man who was being tried on charges of eluding police must not, I repeat, must not have his trial in one of the courtrooms that's currently being used during the coronavirus pandemic. Because those larger courtrooms, you know, so they can space everybody out a little more so they got more seats, those larger courtrooms, well, it just so happens.  … … that they have a whole bunch of portraits of former judges who've worked uh, in these courtrooms. Now, now it's not that they're former judges that bothered this particular judge. It's that a large percentage of these former judges are white… Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pausing dramatically there for just a second to let you have a second to, to let that sink in. Uh, you're telling me that this guy was evading arrest. He's got a trial, uh, and you as a judge do not feel like he can get a fair trial in the courtroom because of the pictures hanging on the wall. Is that really – what you're trying to – you as the judge presumably would be the judge to hear the case. You're aware of these pictures, and, and you believe that these pictures will somehow – that these portraits will magically uh, hypnotize you as the judge, and uh, any potential jurors will hypnotize them and enforce visions of white supremacy uh, uh, upon these folks? Is, is that the contention? Because I don't understand I don't understand. If you are so bloody woke, how would it bother you? And I'm sorry. This guy who's standing trial for these charges, he's not the one who's going to be the determinant factor on the outcome of said trial. I mean unless, of course, he actually did it, and I'm not saying he did. I'm I'm throwing out the complete presumption of innocence at this point. I don't know. I wasn't there. How's that? Is that fair enough for everybody? But if he actually did it, then okay. he had the controlling factor in the outcome, or at least should. We know that we know innocent people still end up going to jail, and we know guilty people get off. You know it's, it's an imperfect system. I still much prefer it to other systems I've seen around the world. Uh, I would much rather give the presumption of innocence to the guiltiest of people. … as opposed to have completely innocent people be damned as being guilty uh, just because somebody decided they don't like you. We've seen this, but I, again, I, I'm kind of – I'm scratching my head on this because there's a lot of portraits of former judges who have to be white. Fairfax County Circuit Court Judge David Bennard wrote of the prospective trial of Mr. Terrence Ship, on January 4th saying criminal defendants are disproportionately of color and judges disproportionately white. The court is concerned the portraits may serve as unintended but implicit symbols that suggest the court may be a place historically administered by whites for whites. Yeah, again, dramatic pause, letting you uh, ponder that for a second. If you're that concerned about it, it seems like there's two simple solutions. Either way, we just forget about all the judges who served before and, and put all those portraits in a storage closet somewhere. Or you, as the judge, just do your job and presumably, we let the jury, uh, and because this, this sounds like it would be a jury trial, uh, not being intimately familiar with the inner working of Fairfax County Court, uh, I am going to presume that to be the case. But you, you let the jury do their job. You let the attorneys do their jobs, and you not pay any attention whatsoever to any portraits that are hanging on the wall. How about that? Those are two simple solutions. Problem solved. Clearly, you're cognitive of this. You're you're concerned, and I I applaud your wokeness, sir. I mean to be woke from the bench is such a rare thing these days, right? Uh, We're not worried about what the law says, Uh, the law being administered by whites, only for whites, and if you're not white, how dare you come before this court at all? Is is that not what this guy's saying? How do you get to be a judge? And the first thing you're concerned about is unintended, implicit symbols. The only thing that should be symbolized in a courtroom is the idea of justice. You put the portraits of these just judges up. Uh, we see this in a lot of. Uh, Courthouses, particularly to the south, I, I don't know if it's as prevalent in other regions, but I have been in enough courthouses for various reasons uh, in and around southern states here Tennessee and Georgia, uh, once in Alabama, uh, once in Kentucky. I've been in enough of these courthouses for various reasons at various times to see that it's a fairly common practice, and I, I don't imagine that it would be much different in very many other places. It's a little nod to the years of service put in. Uh, Some places just do plaques. Other places uh, do the portrait, and uh, lots of times after a while the portraits will be changed out because there's only so much space for it, and then their names will make their way to a plaque. But that is not indicative. It's not a symbol of who's dispensing justice, and and I'm sorry. If you're actually dispensing justice which I'm hoping is the intent of everyone sitting on the bench. I mean we know that's not always what's arrived at, but again I'm going to offer up – in in the Christmas spirit, I'm going to offer up the benefit of the doubt for everybody who's ever sat on the bench. Presumably, hopefully, what you're attempting to do is dispense justice, and actual justice doesn't care about skin tone, and it never should because justice is about…  … What is an equitable equitable response to what occurred? Let's establish a level of guilt for a crime, if one exists, and then a reasonable punishment has been agreed upon by the legislatures of said state, or at the federal level, depending on what court you're in. Okay, in this case, it's a state court, so in the state of Virginia. That should be the goal. That should be the effort. So the fact that you're worried about these pictures. It seems to me like you're focusing on the wrong thing. How about focus on the case? If you're worried that this guy is not going to get a fair shake, how about you do your darndest as the judge in the case to make sure he does? Rather than shift to uh he may feel you – know, he may feel lucky to uh, walk out of here without a conviction should you uh, – Continue this wokeness where you're focused on the wrong things. Maybe he shouldn't feel lucky. Maybe he should feel vindicated. Again, I don't know. I don't know if he's guilty or not. But anyway, this is what the guy said, quoting from his piece now. The broader concern is whether in a justice system where criminal defendants are disproportionately of color and judges disproportionately white It is appropriate for the symbols that ornate the hollowed courtrooms of justice to favor a particular race or color. Okay, I'm going to step back for a second. Those – you may be correct that if you're going to put symbols of any kind, uh, like – Scales of justice, or Lady Liberty, or uh, the state seal, or uh, the Bible—in some cases, although that's frowned upon these days—those would be symbols that are intended to ornate and and to hold up values, right? Those, by definition, should not. Favor a particular race or color They should be symbols that advocate for all citizens of said state Since this is a state court issue And if you were to federal, all citizens of the nation Portraits of judges who have served before are not symbols It's an honoring of those who dedicated their lives to the service in the courtroom  … … for better or for worse, whether they were a good judge, a bad judge, an indifferent judge, whatever kind, you're free to have your opinion of whatever. But if they served any particular length of time ordinarily, it, it's a fair thing to say, uh, Judge Pemberton over here you uh, he served for 13 years, one of the shorter terms up here, but he was always in court. Yeah, whatever you're doing here, it's an acknowledgment of the people who've worked there before. It's not a symbol of what to expect. And if you're, if you're getting that from portraits that are hanging on the wall, then you're looking too hard for excuses. And again, I I can't believe that this is the judge in the case. You literally are the one person who has all the power to rise above the potential influence if you thought somebody else was there that was weak-minded enough to fall for it. And yes, I'm sorry if you walk into a building that has a bunch of pictures hanging up, and you think that's going to affect the outcome of your case, if we're talking about court, that either A, you are weak-minded, or B, everyone else around you is weak-minded. Now, maybe… Maybe it's not so outlandish to expect that there's a lot of weak-minded people around you, but maybe if you're seeing these shadows, maybe you're the one that's weak-minded, Your Honor. Back to what he said, though. Evaluation of this matter is left at present to the sound discretion of each presiding judge. There may be... Contrary views holding the dignity of the court process is not offended by celebrating the service of prior judges with display of their portraits. However, in weighing the interest of honoring past colleagues against the right of a defendant to a fair trial, the court is concerned. The portraits may serve as unintended but ...implicit symbols that suggest the courtroom may be a place historically administered by whites for whites, and that others are thus of lesser standing in the dispensing of justice. The defendant's constitutional rights to a fair jury trial stands paramount over the countervailing interest of paying homage... To the tradition of adorning courtrooms with portraits that honor past jurists, okay, so when you're the presiding judge, have them remove the pictures, have them take the portraits down. Uh, if that bothers you, go for it. But to sit here and act as if no he can't he can't have his trial in that courtroom is absurd. Again, I'll point out your honor. You're the judge here, and if you're going to preside over a fair trial and your true interest is justice, then why are you even looking around? I have yet to hear the legitimate legal defense that uh, they had a bunch of white folks in pictures around the courtroom. Ah, preposterous. Uh, Your convictions overturned. How absurd is that? We have literally gotten to the point that we're so woke that judges are concerned that there's portraits of other judges. When you look at the fact that this is in Fairfax County in Virginia, I don't think it's even that shocking that that's the overwhelming uh, percentage of judges have been white. Because you're talking about a county that up until the last decade and a half, has been nearly 80% white. Statistically speaking, the odds of a person that is not white holding any particular position, including that of jail inmate,
2: was pretty slim.
0: So again, if you want to take everything out of the context, out of historical context and see it for what it actually is, you know, okay, this is a huge deal. But is it really – is this really something that you want to go down in the record? Is this the precedent you want to set? This, This man, this gentleman, he could not have his trial here because I'm not about to take down these portraits, but the portraits could be detrimental. How? How are these portraits – you see a symbol of something that's not being symbolized? If you don't like it, then petition the people that run the uh, courthouse that you're working in to have them removed. Put them in a storage closet while you're presiding, and then they can come back out when you're not if a different judge is okay with it. I mean how is that not the easiest, simplest solution? How is it appropriate to even suggest that this courtroom is somehow – how is this courtroom not appropriate because of portraits? So the prevalence of portraits of white judges in the courtrooms of the Fairfax Circuit… Which constitutes some 45 out of 47 individuals While not emblematic of racism on the part of presiding judges Certainly highlights that until the more recent historical past African Americans were not extended an encouraging hand to stand as judicial candidates This is also from the, the good judge He continued by saying, quote, the low hanging rotten fruit of overt racism is easily identified and picked off of straightening the tree of society. The more conventional symbols, which to some impart tradition and to others subtle oppression, are less comfortably addressed. The Ambiguous portraits of white judges are such symbols. Really? really. Again, I, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to go back to a position that I've held. I'm going to voice it once again, a position that I've held for some time, and that is if you are suffering greatly from a microaggression, then you ain't got any problems. You have some mild irritants, but you don't have a problem. Real racism, it looks very different, and it's very ugly. It's inappropriate, and there aren't very many people that I know that are willing to let it stand. But overt racism to one person is typically somebody turning an incident into something that it wasn't to begin with. Now, I do not get where this guy seems to think. This guy, this judge, this individual seems to think that somehow the fact that there's only two judges who have their portraits hung in these courthouses that happen to be not white is representative of the fact that previously they weren't encouraged to be judges. Uh, what, what is your evidence of that statement? Is that a true statement? Can you prove that that is truth? Or is it more likely that most of the individuals in the great state of Virginia who earn their law degrees probably do so at one of the major universities there, or they step outside of the Virginia area, maybe into D.C., maybe into Maryland, where there is also fine institutions of learning if you wish to be an attorney, uh, and simply decide not to come back to the Not quite so fast paced Virginia court system. Thinking that that would be uh, better for their overall careers, the fast tracking, and possibly even buying into some of your microaggression, uh, critical race theory uh, BS here that somehow you think that, well, naturally, because you're black, we can't let you be a judge here. Well, really? Then why do you have to? Oh, well, they're just tokens. Really? You could do that in Virginia? Well, that sounds more like a problem with how you're thinking than the reality and the circumstances because Virginia has got its problems. Don't get me wrong, and I love you guys, Virginia. I I do. I don't know of a single place in this country that doesn't have its problems. But I'm just saying the fact that uh, any young, tenacious individual who goes into the law and hopes to become a jurist, they probably leave Virginia, and once they do that, at some point, they probably shy away from coming back. Now, how, do I have any proof of that? Uh, well, okay, clearly not. It's an impression that I have, and that could be wrong. Okay, it could be. I'll acknowledge it. I don't know. Merry Christmas, everybody. You don't often get me admitting that. But there's also no way that this judge knows that either because he's speaking in hyperbole. Who exactly is he trying to convince here? Now, uh, Bernard also said, quote, portraits that overwhelmingly imply justice is the province of administration by whites also arguably increase the danger of jury nullification when the victim is of color. And the accused, white. Again, I, I would like to know what your basis is. Because uh, here's what I think happens in the courtroom. I think the jury sitting there they're listening to the case, and uh, I think that they hear the evidence, and I think one of the attorneys is much, much better at doing their job. In some cases, it's the prosecutor. Some cases, it's the defense attorney. Either way, I think they go full blast, and in those cases, maybe the attorneys are capable of jury nullification if that's what you want to call it. But I like to call it actually winning the jury over, and sometimes race will play a factor into that. It will, but that's the work of the attorneys. I doubt seriously that the portraits on the wall are playing… Uh, A major effort in that. I I doubt that that's an effect that you have to be concerned about. For the love of Pete, what are we talking about? Uh, Okay, I see 13 white dudes and one black dude who clearly have been judges here before. Uh, I'm going to support the white guy. Is that really how you think trials work? I'm beginning to wonder if this guy should be a judge at all. He doesn't seem to understand what happens in these courtrooms, which presumably he's been doing it for a minute or two now, portraits that overwhelmingly imply – I'm sorry. How does showing a portrait of somebody who's been a jurist, someone who's been a judge in that courthouse previously, how does that imply anything other than he was a judge here?  … … or she was a judge here. Those two over there, they were judges here. Do you notice a pattern? What's, what's the pattern you're seeing? I'm seeing mostly white folks. I, you know the other pattern I see? I go outside in Fairfax County. I'm seeing mostly white folks. So that's the thing about representation. The left uses the language. They use the phrase representation. Representation is important. But shouldn't honest representation be more important? When you break down statistically how much of the population of a certain area uh, is made up of these different groups, shouldn't that be representational of what you expect to see in the workforce regardless of where they're working, what industry, public sector, private sector? Shouldn't that be a more determining factor because if – You walk into a Latino community, and then you walk into a business in this Latino community, wouldn't you expect to see a significant amount of Latinos working in that business? If I walked into a Latino community, and I walked into a Latino business, and – It's mostly a bunch of uh, white guys from Sweden working. Then I'm going to say, what's going on here, guys? Something kind of weird. And I know this isn't a perfect analogy. Okay, I I get it's not a perfect analogy, but here's the other side of the equation. If you acknowledge that the – … the makeup of a community impacts what you expect to see in the functions of that community, then suddenly things that separated from context looks like it might be racism actually is just a natural function of the makeup of the community. People don't like to look at those little things anymore. The, The leap instantly to racism is a little quick. This whole critical race theory business has got a lot of people turned around. I'm sorry. Not every person you meet who happens to be white is right-off-the-bat racist. It's just not the case. And I'd be way more concerned about the people bending over backwards and suffering from white guilt about where their hearts and minds actually lie than somebody who doesn't give a flip. It's like, I ain't worried about you whining about this. I ain't worried about that. I didn't own a slave. I'm okay with you as long as you're okay with me. That's anti racism. When somebody's willing to stand up and take a look at you man to man, woman to woman, eye to eye, and judge you based on your actions, what you say, how you conduct yourself. and don't give a flying flip about your color, your creed, your religious background, who you vote for, then that is supposed to be the goal. That used to be the goal. That's not the goal anymore by the leftists, because the leftists who are out there keeping the pot stirred just want to create things when there's not. Before the election of Obama… Race relations in this country were probably about as good as they have ever been, and then things got stirred up. And of course the folks on the left instantly wanted to say, well, it's because a lot of white people got nervous now they saw black people getting uh, some power. I can't tell you how many people I've heard say that, to parrot that, to mimic it, enough that I know that it's a freaking talking point. How many white people you know were really that concerned about it? Because uh, first election, a lot of white people voted for it. I don't know that there was as many that voted to reelect him, and I've said hundreds of times now on this show, I fully believe that Barack Obama won the first election. I do not believe that he was re-elected, not legitimately. Doesn't matter. They let him ride out a second term anyway, didn't they? Too late to make any changes to any of that. But some of the extraneous results… When certain key polling locations and certain key swing states came back with more than 100% of the eligible voters having voted for Barack? You want to tell me that's not at least grounds for a recount to take a peek to see what actually happened on the ground? Oh, no, no, no. There's nothing to see here. This one location really wouldn't change the outcome of everything. Actually, it would because the way these elections are run… As we've just seen with the most recent election, the system set up that certain counties at certain points in time can make all the difference in the world. That's why you don't have to have widespread. Now, Steve Knotts, uh, rounding back to my story here, Steve Knotts, chairman of the Fairfax County GOP, said that uh, Judge Bernard seems to have embraced this reductive racialist view of his fellow man. We'd all do well to remember that whether we're black or wh- whether we're black or white, Christian or Jewish, immigrant or native born, we're all equally human. As a culture, we must reject a divisive ideology and instead unambiguously affirm our shared humanity. Now, that's a real fancy way of saying uh, cut the racist crap here, buddy. And I'm afraid that that in this case the judge is the one being racist because the judge is just assuming uh, a black guy can't get a fair trial uh, in a courtroom with a bunch of white people having uh, portraits up. I'd be more worried about the jury and the judge than I would be any portrait that's hanging up in the courtroom. And anybody who is worked up about that uh, is clearly clearly focusing on the wrong thing. Now, I would completely understand – I would be just as dismissive, but I would completely understand if the uh, defense attorney was trying to make some kind of crazy case like that because, again, uh, that's what defense attorneys do. They try to put up everything they can. They throw everything at the wall to see what will stick. He wouldn't be doing his job if he didn't. But when the judge starts talking about this, it makes me wonder if this individual is capable of rendering a fair verdict, period. A little too worked up about things that have no bearing on the case and should not have. All right, I I've spent way too much time on that topic, and we are well, well past the half-hour part. But am going to still take a little bit of a break, and then I'm going to try and sneak in at least one more topic. I I got carried away. Sorry. Meanwhile, you guys stay right where you're at, and uh, we will uh, we'll get started again here momentarily.
1: was a man who worked very hard to provide for his family, but times were tough. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards on today's page from the Edwards Notebook. One Christmas, the man's five-year-old daughter used all of the family's gold wrapping paper for one shoebox that she placed under the family tree. Money was tight, so the struggling dad wondered where the daughter got the money to buy whatever was in that shoebox. Nevertheless, Christmas morning, the little girl filled with excitement brought the gift box to her father. As he opened the box, the dad became angry and said, Don't you know, when you give someone a present, there should be something in the package. The little girl, with tears rolling down her cheeks, whispered, Daddy, it's not empty. I blew kisses into it until it was full. The father was crushed and begged his precious daughter to forgive him for his unnecessary anger. An accident took the life of the child a short time later. It is told that the father kept the little box by his bed all the days of his life. Whenever he was discouraged, he would open the box, take out an imaginary kiss, and remember the love of his beautiful child who put it there. In a real sense, each of us has been given an invisible golden box filled with unconditional love from family, friends, and most of all, God, who gave us his son. Merry Christmas, America. I'm Ron Edwards.
3: Check out the ronedwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Hello and welcome to your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans Tip of the Day. So, are you getting too much or too little sleep to rest your brain? According to the National Sleep Foundation, too much sleep can be just as bad as too little sleep for you. Scientists think that about seven hours sleep is the optimum for refreshing the body. Here are some tips. Go to bed at the same time every day. Keep your bedroom cool and turn off the television. This has been your Veterans Tip of the Day. I'm Dan Perkins.
0: thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. I still have to do that Box of Kisses, uh, Edward's Notebook. Something about that one that just really kind of hits me, and I really like that one. Uh, So forgive me for oversharing that one. I hope you guys don't mind. In the meanwhile, uh, peeking back in the chat room real quick before I try to to marathon quick uh, bum rush uh, two topics, I'm going to try to sneak two in, and I'm completely blowing it by babbling on so long here, but – Suzette uh, was asking uh, via Bringing It Voice Handle, uh, had the question, did the article say whether someone in the courthouse came up with that brilliant idea, or did someone outside the judicial house express their grievances about the portraits? It didn't go into any uh, exterior uh, issues It basically sounds like from the article that all this is based on the judge's own um, ideas and thoughts here. Now, it's entirely possible maybe somebody had brought it up uh, with him in the past, uh, didn't get into that. Uh, I actually would kind of be curious too as to whether or not this has been a controversy before he brought it up. But as far as I can tell, this seems to be completely on the judge, so there's that. Uh, New Orleans, wake up.  … Uh, … said that uh, he doesn't believe in white guilt. He doesn't think whites feel guilty. Well, I, I think most whites in the modern age probably should not, at least in America, because I think most American whites actually are not uh, holding some ingrained deep in their very core racism. I do I don't see that in any of the places that I go. Now, I do occasionally run into some folks that – yeah, and I choose not to associate with them generally, and I think most other Americans do the same. But to ignore that such a thing as white guilt exists is to ignore the plethora of young white folks that are prepared to bow down to extremists like the – Black Lives Matter Incorporated folks that are out to just destroy the country uh, in the name of Black Lives with very little concern about Black Lives, but uh, these folks are constantly trying to uh, make up for something that they themselves had nothing to do with, that their parents had nothing to do with, and in many cases, no one in their family ever had anything to do with. The institution of slavery, as horrible as it was, is long dead.  … far back in our past. It doesn't mean we forget it. It doesn't mean we turn the page and act as if it never happened, but it does mean at some point the people that were responsible for that are no longer with us, and you either move on from it or you don't. But if you choose not to, don't be surprised that other people do choose to move on. There's no reason for anybody alive today to feel that level of guilt unless they are, well, criminals…  … and are still currently engaging in human trafficking and slavery uh, underground here and in other countries. Now, there there may very well be some folks that are engaged in that kind of behavior. Those folks should feel some guilt, but the thing is uh, because they're profiting from it, I'm pretty sure they don't either. But it's not that they don't feel the guilt. (laughs) Anyway… couple of things that I wanted to try to get to, and now I really, really don't have enough time. So I'm going to mention one in passing, and I'm going to try and sneak as much of the other one in as I can. Uh, Number one, I I thought this was really uh, a good step. As we know, Joe Biden and his many ramblings about what he plans on doing immediately, he has made it clear of his intention…  … to take the United States back into the Paris Climate Agreement and to rejoin the Iran nuclear deal. Well, Ted Cruz stepped up, and he's trying to basically say, hey, hang on there a second, Joe, because what he's done is he sent a letter to President Trump and to Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. And in this letter, he's asking that they head off Joe Biden…  … in an effort to uh, get them to submit both of these deals as treaties. Now, by going ahead and doing that now, that would mean that moving forward, there's no question and no doubt. Now, the argument has been made from the beginning that entering into either of these agreements was illegal from the start… … because clearly they meet all the legal definitions of what a treaty is, and as you well know…  … constitutionally speaking, not that that means much to the left, but constitutionally speaking, if it's a treaty, it must be approved by the Senate or it's a no-go. If Donald Trump, who acted unilaterally on both of these things before because Barack Obama had acted unilaterally without Senate approval uh, in getting into them, uh, if he was to now resubmit them for consideration as a treaty… It would be moving forward. Uh, Joe Biden would no longer be able to act unilaterally, or um, Kamala Harris wouldn't be able to do it either, or whoever else ended up in the White House before uh, this next term is done. Uh, They would have to get Senate approval, and uh, I I think that's a pretty smart move on the – the side of Ted Cruz. Now, another major thing, and I'd really hope to have a little more time to talk about it because this is, this is kind of a big deal, and I probably will revisit this one. I know I say that a lot and very rarely do because more news happens, but uh, the Justice Department. The Justice Department is about a lawsuit against Walmart, uh, specifically Walmart pharmacies. They're basically trying to blame uh, a lot of Walmart pharmacies uh, for the opioid crisis. Uh, saying that they uh, literally fulfilled uh, millions and millions of inappropriate uh, prescriptions that led to a lot of these people who have problems only having it exasperated. Like the pharmacist at Walmart is supposed to question what a uh, physician has uh, ordered for their patient. It's kind of the opposite of what a pharmacist is supposed to do. A pharmacist is supposed to see the prescription and then uh, – Offer any recommendations that might be necessary. I uh, I kind of feel like, based on what I've seen so far from this, that it's more of an attempt to shift blame than anything else. And I think that's kind of shameful. Now, I've grown to be an individual with a lot of mixed feelings towards the entity known as Walmart. On the one hand, I, I do like Uh, Shopping at a Walmart for the convenience, especially at a super Walmart, a lot of good prices, a lot of convenience, uh, a lot of weird people dressed up in their pajamas, which uh, makes for fun. People watching, if you're into that kind of thing, uh, I'm not as much as I once was, but I'm also – Uh, Since the days of Sam Walton having passed uh, and and no longer being in charge of the company, when they moved away from being uh, America first to mostly America first to uh, we're buying the cheapest crap we can. So guess what? Uh, 90 percent of it's from China. Uh, Then their efforts to just crush mom and pop businesses everywhere, and then their left-leaning policies uh, about – Ammunitions and guns and crazy stuff like that And they're all within the right to do these things Don't get me wrong But I've grown to not like a lot of things about Walmart So in that process, I'm generally in a position where I'm not going to come to their defense very often I do think we need to see a lot stronger case than what I've seen so far And maybe they haven't and a lot of this just hasn't come out yet Because this is still relatively a breaking news story in the last couple of days So if there's more to it, we will see, but at the end of the day, what I have seen to this point does seem like just an effort to try and blame somebody when enforcement should have been at the lead on this. Now, everybody is against the war on drugs these days. It's become an unpopular thing, but uh, as far as the opioid crisis is concerned, the drugs really weren't the problem. It was unscrupulous people trying to make an extra buck that was the problem. Now, if Walmart was involved, if they were willfully looking the other way, if there were pharmacists who knew better and did it anyway, then they should be held accountable. Nobody should get a free pass on this though. Anybody who knew that what they were doing was wrong should be held accountable. That that should be the standard. Whether you're talking about politics, whether you're talking about business, whether you're talking about uh, visiting your Aunt Mays, if you're doing something you know is wrong, there should be consequences, and you should pay those consequences. Then you should be adult and mature enough to understand that you risk getting caught, and then if you did, you should be prepared to face whatever those consequences are. That's just the way it is. Once again, one of my favorite things to tell the kids, you can do absolutely anything you want, anything. You can do anything you want. As long as you're willing to live with the consequences. So if I were you, be smart. Find out what the consequences are first because if it's a slap on the wrist, it might be worth it (laughs) for to know. Anyway, this will be interesting to see how this plays out. So… Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to have to say goodbye for now. Uh, I want to shout out everybody hanging out in the chat room with me one more time. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, it's Bigfoot, Bringing it, it Boy, and Suzette cajun new orleans wake up and chief thank you guys for hanging out with me for a big part of the show and uh purple pill for being here earlier thank you too i want to thank ron Edwards for being with us back in the first hour and i want to thank each and every one of you guys listening whether you're listening to the podcast or if you're listening to the rebroadcast of the show later uh hopefully you will hear this before christmas and you will hear me once again wish you a very merry christmas a happy new year uh happy hanukkah if you're celebrating that And whatever you may be celebrating, whatever holidays are part of your culture tradition, I hope that they're all exactly a glorious blessing upon you and that we all get into this uh, new year soon, 2021, and get back on track maybe, I hope. In the meanwhile, guys, don't take my word for any of it, not one bit, but please don't just take their word either. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. And meanwhile, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, be smart out there, uh, even if it kind of goes against your nature generally. Uh, Probably will not be on Friday since that's Christmas Day. May try to sneak in something on Thursday and maybe just record it and put it up on Friday, maybe. Uh, No promises. But in the meanwhile, I do expect to be back on Sunday either way, so uh, hopefully I'll see you guys then, if nothing else. I am out. Merry Christmas, everybody.